He's whiny. <laughs> yeah, like he sounds like such a bitch. Just absolutely minimal effort on all of my attempts to cook for myself recently. And the result has been like, I have this massive like 66 liter pot that's just constantly on the stove that I'm just refreshing. That same one, that same pot? Still going? Yeah, yeah, still. There's some meme thing, right? It's like infinite soup or whatever, where you yeah. like eat like 95% of the soup and then you leave like 5% of it because like the, uh, I don't know, like something about the way that it oxidizes or the way that it cooks like if you leave it there as like a seed to start like your next round of soup, it makes it like better faster or something. I don't know. It's, it's some sort of uh, like mom witchcraft type stuff, yeah. type stuff. But uh, I've been doing I'm that. Interested. And then, uh, you know, dude, I, I've just been getting like a 10 pound bag of potatoes and just cooking them, just like air frying them in my oven or baking them or whatever. And then just like, I'm not even like salting or peppering them. I'm just fucking, I'm just taking the potatoes and just eating them. Just, just like no, put, putting, just straight, yeah. straight up. Just, just putting them in the pockets of my jacket and walking around eating that's, the, eating the potatoes. That's kind of psycho behavior though. I can say potatoes I can eat without any, anything. I like the way they straight up taste naturally, but they're, they're 100%. They're, they're really, really, really fucking good with like, yeah. I mean, a baked potato with like butter and salt and pepper is like extremely better, but it comes down to be this thing of like, okay, so I have, you know, like I have like 30 fucking potatoes and I have to cut each one open and I have to butter each one of them. And it's just like, really, like, this know. is, this is a lot. Wait, 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 wait. you cook the whole, th all the potatoes at the same time. Yeah. I cook like 10 pounds of them. Oh, okay. I don't know. I basically, I, I basically eat like 10 pounds of potatoes a day. Really? That's all. You just, that's insanity. Well, that's what I have for my carbs. I have no idea how much. How much? Like, actually, like I don't know how many grams of carbs are in it. That's. It sounds like a lot of grams of carbs. It also, sounds like a lot of. But do you eat anything else other than potatoes, or just only potatoes? Yeah, I mean, I usually have, and I've been trying to eat a little bit more now too because I had a that's period so where sweet. I, I feel like I couldn't even eat ten potatoes, ten pounds of potatoes. You can do it. I don't know though. I've always had like a decent metabolism, but. Uh, I, I, I sort of like stopped eating when I was doing a bunch of like job stuff for the last few months. And mm -hmm. so I need to like, uh, you know, there's like, I, I cannot let my bench get under 315. And like, yeah. we've gradually gone down from like being able to rep like seven or eight with 315. And now where it's like, it's, it's really fucking hard to do two. So like, I need to start eating again. I can't lose the three plate bench. The three so point bench is, is, is quite the accomplishment. It's hard to, you don't want to get rid of that. Your whole identity right. is gone. Right. Yeah. It. No, I, I, I will lose my sense of self if the three plate bench goes away. So I have to start, uh, I have to start going back and eating again. And, you know, it's actually kind of a pain in the ass because, like, I'm realizing more and more that, you know, lifting heavy is, uh, it's kind of killing me, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I was just talking about that. We were just talking about that. Um, about like with lifting heavy into like later into life, not just uh, when I was out with uh with Matt Gold. That's like that was part of the conversation. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean it's like it's just really observably true. Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking of doing the the thing that a lot of people start to do, where they just do insane amount of reps of lower weight, like instead of doing 
benching with 315 just doing like i don't dozen I don't reps think of like you can really like maintain muscle if you just do like a bajillion reps with shit right like the exception is like so my legs have never ever grown if i was gonna do like heavy weights on stuff mm-hmm. i have uh like if i do if i do like a five by five or even like a, a 10 by five on squats just absolutely nothing happens to my legs they don't get bigger yeah. i but like if i do a bunch of like 10 to 20 rep sets on legs they get fucking massive yeah legs i feel like you need high reps for those yeah no i used to but, do the i used to do the same thing i did with, with um bench and i would do like five by five or whatever and i just really and i would even ladder it because i always like to ladder the weights i don't like to do the same weight every time and it was still like it was still like um not really do much except for i would get like you know aches and pains yeah, and it's, it's like totally, it's totally the opposite for me on upper body stuff, right? Like if I do, uh, if I do exclusively a 20 rep set of bench, just nothing at all happens, right? Like you, there will be no muscle growth. You won't even be able to tell I lift. I'll just be like a, uh, like I'll look like a, a bicyclist. I will look like the average bicyclist. So I have to do a little bit more there. And I don't know, like I, I'm trying to figure out how I can do basically everything with like, I have this 240 pound weighted vest and I have the rings. And I have like the calisthenics setup, and honestly, like the calisthenics stuff just feels so much better from the perspective of like, uh, you know, like when I'm when I'm playing tennis afterward, you can tell uh, I uh, so I I basically only did like weightlifting for years and years, probably like out of the years that I've been playing tennis, which is I don't know, like fourteen, fifteen at this point. There was a point where maybe after, uh, you know, after after I turned like seventeen, I started weightlifting, and that was like the only training that I did for it. And you can totally tell that weightlifting doesn't like it it helps athletically in some ways, but it doesn't do like the full chain unless you do like very specific exercises and like bench squat, dead overhead press are not like those specific exercises. Mm -hmm. So there's always like whenever you're starting to sprint or something, you can tell like, oh, yeah, cool. Like my hammies are fucking jacked and my glutes are massive, but like there's some weird fucking muscle in my knee or something that like I can't use, like I can't go all out here without like losing stability or something. So there would always just be some sort of weird like athletic disconnect. And like that never happens with any of the calisthenics stuff because like you're, you're doing it all at the same time, right? Like it's always a situation where like if you're doing some sort of weird like planch hold or something like that like you need to involve your core you can't just have Mm -hmm. that as like a weakness whereas you totally can in like back squats and like oh back squats work out your core like (laughs) i I guess like they they do kind of but like you know this was always a meme everyone starts lifting and they oh i read mark ripito's starting strength and he says that the big three exercises are going to be plenty enough work for my arms and abs and it's like they simply are not dude nobody who has nobody who has either good good looking or strong abs does exclusively bench squat dead, right? You all do direct ab work if they want that, or they do some sort of like weird calisthenics, uh, you know, like those, those guys who get up on a bar and they do all these weird, like uh ghetto gymnast stuff. Yeah. Like the, the, what are those, the, that crossfit shit, like the super, the super, the super ups, the muscle ups. They call them. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird flippy shit like that. Right. Like that's how you build strong cores. Unfortunately, it's not actually going and squatting 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to tell myself still that I still like to tell myself that squatting builds abs and then I don't need to do ab work as long as I, it, so it does, weight. it does build abs, but like, are you aware of like how your abs are structured, uh, in terms of like the muscles? Uh, what do you mean? So this okay. is another thing where we should 100% pop up like a diagram. 
Okay. But yeah, like, I, there's not... the, I did that actually last time. I, you'll be proud. I did that for the last video. I, I kept the timestamps. Yeah, seven seven forty five here. We need to be telling them where uh, where the different ab bands go. But basically, like, let me get my um, my little notepad for that. So we have we have different bands of abs and we have different, so like, you know how muscles work essentially, right? And that like, there is a, there's a directionality to them. They flex and they contract across one linear dimension. There needs to be, there needs to be an ability for your abs to flex in multiple directions other than just like pulling your head down towards your pelvis. Like you need mm -hmm. to be able to flex side to side and in and out and all of that stuff. And the only way to achieve that is by having multiple layers of ab bands that are all going in different directions, right? So you might work one of those bands by doing like sit-ups, right? But you don't work the others or you don't work them completely and you don't work the primary plane of activity. And it's the same with like uh, back squats, right? Like back squats do indeed work some ab muscles. They work some of, the, some of the muscles that are in the region we describe as your abs, but they don't work all of them. Or they don't work all of them to the extent that you would want them to for like athletic movements. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you don't get the same, it's kind of like when you do, um, it's kind of like when you don't do like those ancillary muscle uh, workouts, when you're just like the stability muscle stuff, when you're like benching and then you just have, you just have worse results. Yeah. Except it's not, even, it's not even like a stability muscle type thing. It's like all of the muscles are equally as like, they're, they're all think of it more like instead of the stability muscles as like the different heads in your quad, like they're oh, all, okay, see, yeah. all fucking big. It's not like one of them is just like a minor little muscle that doesn't matter. They all are like, uh very important athletically oh, okay i gotcha you got to do multiple variations of exercise to hit all of them yes oh, okay well, that's, that's why, my that's why all the good ab workouts are like uh i don't know are, do you know do you know the the yeah. classic athlete and x ab video i have i have seen that one actually <laughs> his, his abs are insane I, i'll give him that he has like the uh the like 10 minute ab training video or whatever yeah. it is and uh, you can tell just when you're doing the exercises, like you can tell when you go through and you've fatigued a different, a different set of your like abs, right? Mm -hmm. I hate when I fatigue the lower abs because I used to have to do that for swimming. We do a lot of like, uh, what is it, like the flutter kicks? And so, like, oh yeah, where you just like, you just hold your legs up off the ground and yeah. And we did a lot of that and for like extensive periods of time. And then like, I remember one time I literally was like incontinent. Like I, I would like, I like piss myself. So I just oh didn't have the, the lower ab ability to that's, keep well, it Well, that's in. the problem, right? Like you, you do swimming for so many years and you get used to just peeing in the pool and your bladder shrinks, right? You don't, uh, you don't have the ability to hold it anymore because well, you're, I didn't you're pee in the swimming. Pool. I wasn't peeing in the pool. <laughs> I was, no, I literally just, like in my life, I just walked through. Like I, I, like, I think I was sleeping. I like pissed myself in my sleep because I couldn't use my abs because they were like exhausted. You know, there's, there's some kind of ab control, I guess, in your, when you're holding your piss in. And then my, oh, you, did, my, you did the pregnant woman thing. You lost your, your control of your pelvic floor muscles. They're yeah, all just I, dribbled out. Yeah, exactly. That's happening, like, that's that's happening that's to fun. me now. You know, as soon as I started, uh, as soon as I got past age eighteen, <laughs> the old man syndrome starts hitting in, and the uh, the, the pee just and sort of dribbles out. Dribbles right out. Bathroom, yeah. Fucking over. That's that's what life is now. It's just like it's just increasing amounts of dribble coming out of your pee. Yeah, no, and it was it was great. Like when I was a kid, I just had to shake the tip of my penis out for maybe one or two flicks at the urinal. Mm -hmm. 
Now, now that I'm fucking 54 years old, I sit there for <laughs> damn near 45 minutes, shaking I, my penis out, making sure that I've got every last little dribble. I like to, I always like to do the, um, the gogurt, like the gogurts, you know, when you like, <laughs> when you try to get the last yogurt out of the gogurt tube, <laughs> just like, just pop it out. You you've know? got to, You've got to watch out for that, uh, that gogurt thing though. One time I pushed and you know how you're kind of squeezing the blood to the tip there. Yeah. I, you know, I accidentally just burst <laughs> no, the blood vessel. No. Right? It was, uh, <laughs> that's so brutal started bleeding everywhere right i went uh i went out i walked out to work and everyone asked like uh lucas are are you okay and they gestured to my pants and it looked like i had uh you know looked like i had a period that's crazy like i was a, i was a one <laughs> that's nuts <laughs> oh yeah see this is we're doing a lot of stuff with listening to our podcast now you now, now we learned how to keep our penis safe and healthy yeah, you've got to make sure you don't gogurt too hard. Yep, no gogurt. Uh, so yeah, so it, my, my abs have always sucked though. I mean, even when I did a lot of ab workouts, they never been like they were only really good when I was thin in high school and like a little bit into college. When I was like eighteen, like at the latest, when I had like you know I was wearing like one hundred and eighty five pounds, which which like on my physique has always been like very on the low end, but. The thing with abs is there is definitely like a uh, a trade-off between the optimal level of abs for like looking really sexy and the optimal level of abs for being like an athletic freak beast. And uh, being an athletic freak beast is probably going to require you get your midsection like a little bit thicker than uh, one would like for maximum sexiness, right? Yeah. Because, like, if you want to go for maximum sexiness, you know, those, the outer ab bands you have, the ones that, like, comprise, like, the six-pack, the eight-pack, four-pack, whatever you have for your genetics, mm -hmm. um, those are the ones that you basically, you want to make those as big as possible, and you want to make the other ones, like, not prominent because they just make your stomach stick out more, and they make your waist kind of look bigger and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to focus just on the ones that you use, like, if you were to hang from a bar and, like, try and lift your knees up to your chest, those are the ones that you want to just keep keep railing on keep building those and then just like fucking ignore all the other directionality and it's like you look really uh you look really shiny right really beautiful but it's one of those things where you know if you get into a fight with some sort of big viking mountain man he's probably gonna fuck you up he's probably gonna he's gonna lift you up off the ground and he's going to bring your tiny little girl waist down on his knee mm -hmm. he's gonna do the he's gonna do the bane thing you're just fucking gonna break the pat back and it's fucking over for you yep you don't have enough you don't have any protection no yeah True. There's absolutely nothing to do about that. No, and mm -hmm. uh, dude, so so we've we've had a lot that happened uh, since our last podcast here, and we've had a lot that's happened even in the last day, right? So, I, I, how checked in were you to the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank thing? Literally none of it. Like my friend started messaging me. I was literally out uh, hanging out with my goal, and then I my friend started texting me about FDIC and blah blah. blah. He was just going off, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I just like ignored it. And then I like woke up this morning and I was like, and I saw like the fucking chart of like the USDC PD pack. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's what he was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Yep. So which is nuts, I, I, I used to have all my money in USDC. So I, and he, I, and I got an, wait, wait, and I got an argument with him about how safe USDC was. And he would have fucking like <laughs> my, fucking destroyed me if I had all my money still in it. But anyway, continue. Well, I basically have half my net worth in USDC. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, my bet with that was like, it's basically the, uh, the globalist coin, right? Yeah, that was my, like, yeah, exactly. 
like it's not going to go under because this is literally it is the neoliberal coin it is it is it's very literally like banks that. it's not like it's not, it's not like particularly like decentralized or anything. it's like backed by banks entirely in, in cash it's so centralized that they've actually halted transactions entirely like oh really they just were like you can't you can't trade on this yeah That's like smart. i, I, for, I so forget funny. what it was but there was a period where because it's basically like directly tied to fiat uh there was there was some sort of weird like financial loophole where they consider it to be fiat effectively and they like they froze the chain like they froze all that's what i tell people on bro, i've been telling people USDC. forever like that's the only stable coin that i'm like this is not really a stable coin it's, just, it's literally just dollars and i know that it's, it says it's crypto well and that's why i picked it that's why i always used it because i was like this is there's no chance that this is like gonna go anywhere because it's a hundred percent back and i was like everyone says every coin's a hundred percent back i'm like no i guarantee this is a hundred percent backed and it, it turns out it is it's actually a hundred percent backed in like Three different versions of like cash. Well, well, now it's, like, it's not. <laughs> well, it's, no, no, twenty three percent of it. Well, the guy made a thread who runs it. Like twenty three percent of their stuff is in physical cash that got fucked by or whatever in like the cash yeah. that was fucked by the bank run. But then the other rest, of, the rest of the peg is correct on like the rest, the rest of it is in treasury and bills and whatever. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so this is this was my thought basically is uh, it's making them too fucking much money, right? They have mm-hmm. seventy. They have forty billion dollars. For for those of you who don't know what we're talking about here, this is a, a stable coin, which is basically a cryptocurrency that is pegged to $1 because it has a, uh, so like they issued 40 billion of these USDC, uh, it's, it's like USD circle. So US dollar circle and circle is like the banking conglomerate that uh, is like overseeing all of this. And I think that's Goldman Sachs, pretty sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like. Goldman Sachs. I but think it, Circle owns or Goldman Sachs owns Circle or like is a part. It's of somehow it. connected to Coinbase, uh, and it's somehow connected to some big like central bank. Like USDC is like actually like uh you know it, it's like big bank verified, and yeah, big banks aren't necessarily like the most uh you know like I I wouldn't compare their honesty to say like you or me or any other normal person, but like compared to all institutions, I think they're a little more hamstrung into you know, telling the truth, right? They have a little bit more transparency with the order books that they're dealing with. And so they have this thing that they have distributed and people want something. So like if people have money in the crypto ecosystem uh, and they want to buy Bitcoin and then the, let's say they sell Bitcoin, right? They sell it at like $50,000 and uh, they need to sell it into something, right? They need to sell it into money. They don't necessarily want to pull it out of crypto because it's a pain in the ass to like you sell the you you take the bitcoin you transfer it to an exchange you sell into the money you transfer the money back into your account then later when you need to deploy it again you transfer it back into the exchange and then you buy you know it's just it's so many steps and every one of these steps you have to pay capital gains tax on so yeah. it's, it's just it, well not only capital gains tax but you have to pay a transaction fee you have to pay like the slippage like there's just a lot of fees associated with like moving the stuff in and out of fiat so people generally like keeping their money in crypto if they know that they're not going to like need the capital to deploy for some other reason so stable coins give them that opportunity so they can sell their bitcoin into this usdc which is functionally like a dollar right so they sell ethereum or bitcoin or whatever other thing into this thing that is functionally one dollar and then they can go and hold on to it until they want to buy something else with that one dollar so it's like it's a very safe thing that is tied to one dollar uh because of the way that it's backed and there's a bunch of like arbitrage mechanisms that prevent it from uh you know like 
USDC is never going to be worth like $15, right? Like it's not like Ethereum mm. where it's going to like appreciate in value because of supply and demand because there there would be no, like the demand uh, wouldn't exist unless it was matched Able, by like yeah. an, an equivalent backing, right? Yeah. So they have $40 billion of these stable coins that they have issued. And of those $40 billion, about 75% of the, the funds that they have uh, been given like the, the dollars that are backing them. So $30 billion have been put into treasury bills, <laughs> which are, uh, they're, uh, they're considered to be like a cash equivalent investment, but they earn, like they're, they're, all, they're super liquid. They can get out of them at any point, but they earn interest. So they are now mm-hmm. earning something like $2.2 billion per year <laughs> just mm-hmm. on the interest yeah. from their treasury bills. From which is why they give you interest. Thing. For holding USDC, so if you hold they, the USDC, yeah, on, they, they give you they a give tiny, you, yeah. tiny, tiny little bit on some of these platforms, but like mostly they keep all of this shit for themselves, and mm-hmm. so they have this massive cash cow that's making them billions of year without them really doing anything, right? Like there's very little oversight here that that needs to be done as like an ongoing maintenance thing, very little overhead, and so. <laughs> <laughs> so like they don't want this to collapse because it's essentially just an infinite money printer for them it also yeah. looks really really bad for all of these big like if coinbase goes under that's kind of like uh that's, that's, that's like the end of everything like you can't have that's literally it for crypto right like coinbase yeah. has been around for fucking ever and like my mom knows coinbase right if coinbase that's where she has her bitcoin that's where she's been holding it forever if yeah. coinbase goes down then like Crypto's over like overnight because like you can't, yeah. have, you can't have FTX, Terra, this, that, you know, like it all all go away overnight. That's not yeah. gonna. I mean, like Doquan, Luna, Three AC, like all these things going down. It's like, yeah, it was big and it was bad, but like nobody knows who the fuck these people are. It is even with FTX, like people now know who Sam was, but it yeah. is like it's not the it's not the same, right? Like FTX was this thing that people learned about because of the crash, whereas like people independently know about Coinbase. Yes. So like yeah, I so think not only that, but I mean Adam Adam Cochrane, I don't know. He he did a big thread that basically said, uh, you know, anytime something like this happens, people kind of fill the hole, right? So, oh, so this is the other thing. I, I totally forgot to finish the story. So 75% of the assets are held up in these treasury bills. The other 25% is held in cash. So if people with one USDC token, they want to redeem it for one dollar, they can. So this this is the agreement that Circle has. If you have an account with Circle, you can go and there's limits to this, right? Like you can only do like I think 250,000 a week uh at like the base level. So you can't just like you can't just redeem like 20 billion dollars in one week, right? Uh but you do basically have the ability to pull money out of this. You can get your actual fiat dollars out by giving them the uh the USDC crypto token. And this this interchangeability is a lot of why like so coinbase has combined their usdc and usd like the the actual fiat dollar and these token they've combined them in their order books yeah they're marked they're marked exactly the same right they're they're calculated and tabbed exactly the same so this is why they shut down the uh well this is one of many reasons so coinbase shut down the ability to transfer usdc to usd over this weekend basically because USDC depegged from that dollar because of this this hole that appeared in the balance book because of the the bank that they kept the fiat under. So like they lost something like seven percent of the the forty billion that they had. So now instead of being backed, uh, it, every one dollar being backed by one dollar, now every one dollar is backed by ninety three cents. 
So this news caused the market to uh, shit the bed a little bit. They freaked out. They're, they're correcting it down to around 93 cents now because that's what it's backed at. Uh, I think that it's going to that is going to go back to peg. I think it's going to go yeah, absolutely, yeah. fully filled back. But yeah, like, and I mean, even they're saying that like by Monday it'll be fine. But because the banks are closed over the weekend, so a lot of this happened after whatever hours after banking hours. So there was no able to no way to able to like alter anything. Uh, you know, the whole weekend, you know, there's this issue, right? But since it's centralized enough, they can turn it off. But they're in the guy's thread. He was like, "Oh yeah, on Monday it can be resolved because all the banks are open again. They, you know, they can do shit again." Yeah, and my everyone and is saying, "Oh, they, they they froze the ability to withdraw USDC. It's over. It's over." But like, uh this is kind of like what you have to do, right? Like, this is how you prevent the death spirals. Like if Luna had done this, if Luna had prevented them from pulling out UST, like they just frozen that from anger. Yeah, it would have been fine. They just wouldn't have, they just wouldn't have right, broken. They, they literally would have had like a few weeks to like figure everything out and they, they could have averted the whole thing, right? So, uh, I mean, this is sort of the thing that you do with bank runs. It, it definitely decreases investor trust. Nobody wants to be holding an asset that they can just like freeze like that. But like we already knew they could freeze it. This yeah. is... <laughs> yeah, this it's like is, whatever. Yeah, like I'm. I, and if you're gonna freeze it, like, you might as well freeze it for a good reason. Like, yeah, you know, like it, I. And this is this is literally like going to save the whole thing from just like death spiraling. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's so I I longed it last night, right? I don't nice. know if anyone saw my post, but everyone was freaking out about what to do about all of this. And uh, you know, I know a bunch of crypto projects that had they they had their treasuries in USDC, and a lot of them sold out for like massive because you know. When when it goes from being uh, one dollar a token to being ninety three cents per token, now people are losing seven cents, right? So they're they're selling their entire treasury into Tether, and this is the other thing because so many people were selling USDC into Tether, the value of Tether was going up to like a dollar and eight cents. Mm. So like instead of being, you know, so they were taking a massive haircut. They were taking like a fifteen percent haircut on a lot of these treasuries to go and redistribute it to like that or like Binance USD or these other stable coins. And, uh, I was basically like, I think it's coming back and I'm going to long, right? Like I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait for this mass for the biggest red candle I see. And I got in at like 90 cents, uh, 91 cents. I, I rode the wave a few times and just longed it back up. And, uh, it got back up to like 98.9 like or something today. And I got out then. And, uh, so I'm not, oh, I'm not holding any USDC anymore. I have a ton of Ethereum. Which probably will will dump in the future too, but mm. uh, you know at least at least we're not holding this other weird thing, and we can wait for it to go on. So I probably my best trade of the last like six months was like a fifteen times leverage long on a fucking stable coin. Hell yeah, I mean that's what we got to do. I mean shit, the last time I had a really good play was when stable coins were collapsing during Terra. So it seems that's like the best play of the last year. The only stable yeah. coins collapsing. And then like recouping their losses. I mean, I would have figured like I think was it Tether? One, I think Tether was like starting to depeg for a bit because people were fr fr uh, freaking out. Uh, after Luna, sorry, I don't know why I'm yawning. After Luna, everyone started freaking out with Tether, and it, it was like starting to depeg like you know a few months ago or several months ago. And uh, and I remember also like kind of longing that, but 
Yeah, no, that's not good. I mean, I'm glad that USDC's got it together because this would have been fucking absolute carnage and that would have been the end of everything. Well, but. I don't know for sure that they've got it together, right? Like, I'm I'm betting I on it they're, happening. They're probably having a good thing. I think, I think it's going to be fine. I think, I think they are too. And I think the chances that, like, there might be like a three week period of weird shit going on, but I think in the end, it's going to go back. And like, I'm loving this, right? Because this is the, uh, this, this is the ideal market to trade is you have a coin that is going to be volatile, but it's going to be volatile, but between like a very known range, right? Like we know USDC is not going to go below zero and is not going to go above $1, right? So like, I'm not going to get short squeezed if I put my stop at like a dollar 10 cents and I'm shorting, right? Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to fucking happen because nobody is going to pump it up unless like, okay, I'm, I'm lying a little bit. They could theoretically do it if like a bajillion I mean, I people all do this, I, but like, yeah, I guess they could do it. I don't think I've you ever would need, seen you would need year, so many above. fucking idiots shorting it yeah. so heavy for them to pump it up to like 110 in this environment. It, it's so, yeah, but it's so liquid that I just don't see how you would need. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the thing is it's incredibly liquid, right? It's like one of the most liquid assets in the in the industry so i couldn't imagine it ever even getting to 110 i think i've seen it in most 101 102 it got down to it got down to like 35 cents on binance there was a candle oh, really? down to literally 35 cents on binance us that's insanity that but i mean binance that's it's on, on, not liquid but yeah i was gonna say binance literally is known for having like the least liquid order books but like that was really wild man 35 cents like some some guy had a stink bid on fucking USDC for like four and, and, and like tripled him. his money. That's kind of sick. That's awesome. I wish I I wish I was like paying attention at all. I was being every time I fucking go outside and try to you know be like a normal person and have a social life. I fucking the, the miss same exact thing. How man. to make money? Yeah, like I fucked around. I had to I had to learn some new stuff for a job. I come back and everyone's like, oh, Lucas, did you get your schizo posters? And I was like, what? And mm-hmm. I, find, oh, yeah. I find there's this like fucking genuinely cool NFT project released. And like the, the guy who made it is like, <laughs> like the, the account name for the, the NFT account was like modeled after mine, like stylized after mine. He had a bunch of like Damn. references to like my posts and shit in there. Did he not my, give it to you? My like lady stuff. And, uh, and like, I had like five wallets that were whitelisted across like three different collections that I could have minted free from these on. I think it's and, rude that he didn't give it to you for free. Just didn't just show it, send you. No, well, he did. He did actually talk to me after about <laughs> that. And he was like, uh, I, and I guess, I guess at some point, like a couple months ago, he had messaged me on the account or something, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, so I, oh, you missed it. Okay. Yeah. But like because i like i get like fucking 15 messages a day anymore and so like i i responded to his message initially because we're mutuals but he messaged me on he messaged me on like the nft projects account which like i'm not mutuals with so it went to my weird oh yeah you know know, that like hidden the hidden you'll never see the request request box yeah i see i see some of them but it's it's just so fucking many man and the worst is like when people start adding you to group chats in there so like yeah and like you, I don't know, like I'm, I'm scared to like accept or leave those group chats because like I left one group chat and uh, all of these guys, I get sent all these screenshots like, oh, fucking Lucas thinks he's too good for us now. <laughs> oh, Lucas is a bastard. <laughs> so like after, after that and after they all got poisoned against me after I left the one group chat, I'm like, I have PTSD, right? Like I'm never going to leave another group chat in my life. Damn. No, I missed the, I missed schizo posters. 
because my life is going in shambles and then I missed fucking USTC. I'm not catching a break. We're, we're, I'm, in the, I'm, in the, I'm in the fucking trenches right now. That's what I mean. That's just what I said, man. Everybody tells you to fucking go out and touch grass. And then the instant you touch grass, your network just like decreases by 50%. There's no such thing as touching grass. It's the cringiest thing. I mean, you kind of go crazy if we don't, but you got to just push through that and keep, keep your eyes on the charts. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> that's yeah. that. If you want to make money, you got you to gotta be uh, sunlight deprived. I finally, I've finally been, uh, you know, I feel like we're, we're gearing back up for, uh, you know, crypto shit again, right? My brain is in, we are in the trenches. We are in the crypto trenches. Do you know uh, David Holt, the guy who did like that jungle DeFi thing? Yeah, another guy. Really cool guy. I've been talking to him a lot lately. He's been, he's been telling me, uh, you know, he's been sort of orienting me on like what the fuck is going on because everything that I've done in crypto thus far has been sort of just like a, uh, an uncoordinated flailing. Like I clearly had no idea what I was doing. Uh-huh. didn't really understand the industry, didn't understand like how to trade. Uh, I knew how to like make friends and get added to group chats, but like, that's not, you know, like the, <laughs> this is not a technical skill. <laughs> this is not <laughs> the only that's way the that most successful skill. You- I, I, the only people I know who've made money consistently are people who just made friends with the, with the richest people in the crypto space. And then they got like freebies or like got in on projects. Yeah, I, I guess that is true. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I mean, my main thing though, is I just, this next bull market, I want to be able to go into this and I want to be able to say like, okay, uh, now would be an intelligent time to take some profits or maybe now would be an intelligent time to like deploy some capital as opposed to just like yeah. looking at the charts and being fucking confused and being like, I just have to buy with like five times leverage because everything is going up, right? Like, yeah, I don't need to be, I don't need to be like a master trader. I don't need to be out here, uh, you know, like buying yachts and shit. I just need to know like, is there a reasonable argument for me selling some here? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like that's actually probably the best. You, when you get start to get a little too well versed in trading, you start to like look. It's the whole like hammer. Everything looks like a nail if you have a hammer, but if you get a little too well versed in trading, all of a sudden you get like it's like the opposite. You try to use fucking every tool in the box to <laughs> to determine how to solve a situation. And then you start getting making bad decisions. Like what? There's like a little arc that everyone goes through. You start off not knowing shit, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy here." It's like the midwit arc. And then eventually, you start doing a lot better once you like kind of understand the, the the fundamentals of the market and like what's going on and who's building shit and this and the other thing. But then just buy when like just like, "Oh, this is low, and this is probably gonna go up. Let me buy." Like you stop. You like I stop looking at like charts. I stop looking at like I look at charts a little bit because there's a few like patterns that always happen, right? So it's easy to, it's hard to ignore them when you see them, but without, with, with very few exceptions, mostly it's like, okay, um, the crypto market trends super hard. So if it's going up, if it's dipped during an upswing, then you fucking buy because it's going to go up more. Like the crypto market's very easy in that way. It's like, you have to, it's like, you have to understand it for the macro situation and not delude yourself. Like, you know, when the bull, in the bull market, people lose money because they're like, all right, it's over. This Friday can't go up any higher. And then they sell when it goes down and they are like, then they're like, I watch their back. They, they stay on the sidelines and they watch their fucking rocket take off. And then the, in the bear market, people get like fucking like, bro, you just, we just wait, it's coming back and they keep longing and they just, you know, lose money every time they long. It's like, you got to just understand the macro. The market only moves in like on a, when you zoom out, it only goes three directions. It goes sideways, up and down. Right. And, and it's always in the same order. It's sideways, up, then down, then sideways up. You know what I mean? It's not like it's like fucking like you can't go up, up, down. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. only, it's only one pattern. 
So if you keep track of the one pattern and, and like don't delude yourself about what pattern you're in, it's fairly easy to be to do well. The hard part is, of course, uh, not getting greedy and fucking yourself up because you want it to long at 100x leverage because you got, you know, too excited because <laughs> you've been fucking right eight times in a row. You got you to gotta kind of just keep it, keep it casual, that kind of thing. It's a, you know, it's a fun game. I'm, I, I do hope it comes back soon. The crypto community as a whole actually reminds me a lot of, uh, are you familiar with like the hacker community? Um, so not really like as an outsider. So I know they go to Descon. Yeah. I mean the hacker community as a whole, uh, they spend a lot of time, you know, like people, people meme about like, Oh, like go outside, touch grass. But like the hacker community as a whole are probably like the least socialized group of people that I've come across on the internet. And they, they genuinely like they haven't, and I'm not saying that they need to change this, right? They're all, they're beautiful people. They can do what they want. Uh, but they genuinely have not like gone outside in like fucking years. And mm-hmm. as a result, the collective humor of the hacker community is perpetually stunted to this, like, it's like a 13, 14 year old level. And it just stays there forever. And I feel like crypto almost has like a similar thing where yeah. uh, th- there's maybe a bunch of people who like, uh, they didn't they didn't do like the the party meme shit in like high school or college and uh now suddenly they were handed this big bag of money and like they really they've like idealized this uh oh i'm gonna go out and like go to these big parties and it's gonna be awesome and do the clubs and the strippers and the cocaine and all this stuff and it's like this big thing that they've like made up in their heads uh and they have to go do this like have this experience now that they have like the money to uh to do it and it's uh it it sort of has like a short life cycle, right? Like everybody, uh, everybody kind of burns out, right? Nobody, nobody, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm wrong, obviously. No, There's, everyone does uh, burn out. Either you keep doing it and then you get burnt out on like an existential level or you get burnt out on like a, there, there are, there are though people who do this forever. And, uh, that's true. That is true. I don't, I don't want to necessarily disparage them, but it's not, it's uh, rare. It's, I will like, say it's a rare number yeah. of people who do it forever. Yeah. Like, there's not that many really, fucking, it's like um, if you're going to do this shit hard for like more than two or three years, you risk getting stuck there forever. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of have my thoughts about like, as a guy, there's, there's a few phases that you go through to hit like full self-actualization before you can like get to the end game. Right. And like, one of them is uh, you need to do some sort of like a physical thing, like uh, weightlifting or like a sport or some sort of like combat type thing uh, just to like feel, you know, like some sort of like physical mastery, right? What's the what's the BAP term, like mastery of uh, space or something space, like space, that. Yeah. And then uh, and all of these only really apply to like high openness guys. If you don't have high openness, then uh, maybe maybe they just don't care. But then the guys usually have like some sort of a drug or like a party phase or something like that where they like put their they put a bunch of weird shit into their body and like fuck with their mindset and uh and eventually like yeah and eventually (laughs) they like take the lessons from this that they want to right like you uh you do you do amphetamines enough and you eventually learn like yeah like there's this sort of like weird metallic jittery like focused uh headspace and you can like replicate portions of it without necessarily doing the amphetamines it's the same thing with alcohol you get hammered when you're 16 you grow a huge pair of balls you go and you ask out that cute girl uh and then you sober up and you realize fuck i can do you know like now that i've seen myself do that i can do this same exact thing but soberly and then you use it as like a sort of like a an instructor right you go and you mm-hmm. take take from it what you want and you leave you don't get stuck there forever right you don't need to forever get drunk to do that same thing uh, and then guys usually go and they have a phase where they like try and figure out girls, right? Like, how do I, 
Uh, yeah, bitches. How do I get yeah. the bitches? Yeah, like how how do I? Who's among us has not thought this? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say like a pickup artist phase or anything, but like a, at least a period of like trying to like understand these as like distinct creatures that aren't like you know, yeah, they're yeah, not, like they're, not need men. To, they're a different thing. You got to reverse and effectively you're reverse engineering. It's like a little black box situation. Yeah, right. And they're still human, but they're like you know, it's a different box. It's a brown box. The pink box, pink box situation. And then, uh, and then the last one is money. And then guys usually go and they try and figure out, okay, how do I make money? How do I convince myself that I have a good enough understanding of the world and my model of the world is correct enough? I know enough. I know enough about like the economy and like the overall industry that I can make money on command. Uh, and they do that. And all of these are phases that like they take some amount of time on average, but like. If you get stuck in any one of these, it sort of prevents you from ever like uh, growing up, right? Mm. Like if you if you become the guy who's 65 years old and you're still lifting for three hours a day, uh, you've you've sort of like lost the plot, right? Like you, uh-huh. you know, you're probably going to look you're probably going to look great. <laughs> you're probably going to be the most jacked 65 year old out there. But you're uh, you're tossing you're like, you're you're like Vince McMahon. I yeah, think, you're, you're tossing yeah. your time at something that isn't necessarily going to like reward you a lot in terms of fulfillment, right? And people talk about like, oh, the girls are like uh, the fucking egg cartons are running out, girls, or they're going to be infertile. They're not going to have kids. They're going to hate themselves. But like it is it is very much so the same exact thing with getting hung up on any one of these weird facets of like your developmental set as a male. If you wind up uh, if you wind up dedicating your life to being like the drug party guy you're similarly going to find yourself in like a deeply unfulfilled place after you hit like 40 years old or whatever. Right. And, uh, it's the same thing with money. I assume I, I can't, I, I've never I can't, had I can't speak there. I can't fucking speak because I've never <laughs> focused on uh, acquiring money as my primary goal for 30 years in a row. But like, I do tend to believe I don't feel like anyone who's done that has had a problem. I feel like most of those guys end up. Okay. <laughs> I think they end up like, I don't know. I think you get a pro- get in trouble with that if you do that in the wrong order. I, I think if you become the money guy at like twenty two, I think you know, it, I think no, it I don't think it's a prioritization. <laughs> I think it depends on the prioritization. Like I think if you get to the level where you know, and like Elon is a good example of this, where like he's sort of uh, he sort of quit, right? Like he he did the thing. He raised he raised the billions and billions of dollars. He's convinced at this point, like he can make money. Elon knows how to make money. Uh, I'm sure that his subconscious mind has accepted, okay, I am good enough at making money. And now he's sort of like dicking around. Like his thing, his venture with Twitter is not an attempt to make more money. No, it's he's losing now, money. He just... He's now doing like personal fulfillment projects, which is where like, I think you have to get. Uh, I mean, True. maybe I would suggest, I would suggest that he probably would, uh, you know, have a little bit better of a time trying to like mentor some of his kids into becoming like wildly successful. I think his kids are stupid. Freaks of nature. From what I've seen, I don't think I think he has he kind of came up with like retarded children. Yeah. Uh, I know he's one I don't, or two I don't know. I don't know exactly kids. anything about his kids or anything. I, I would I would just guess though that probably probably the more fun thing to do would be to see if he can like pass on some of the things that he's learned to his kids in like an expedient manner right that's the yeah. that's the goal that's the goal whenever you're trying to talk to like a younger guy right like anytime i i come across a younger guy who i see it's like smart has a lot of potential reminds me of myself in some way my goal isn't like uh oh how do i how do i just be friends and like shoot the shit with this guy it's like okay like because you are like me you're going to do a series of very stupid things that i did that are going to waste huge fucking portions of your life 
how do I make you not do that? Like, <laughs> how mm. do I, how do I fast track you through the parts of your life where you like fuck everything up and just like waste your time, right? How do I prevent you? How do I prevent you from wasting four years like bodybuilding or some stupid shit? And like, I, I didn't necessarily like, uh, I wouldn't say that I like wasted all of my time bodybuilding, but like, I don't know. Like there was a time, there there was a time where like, cause I mean, I've been lifting for like 10 ish years now. And there was a period there where I, I simply took weightlifting too seriously for like too long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like the thing with weightlifting is I think you're basically supposed to sort of autism it for the first year or two and then hold it to maintain because you need, uh, you know, like muscle and body fat, they, they both kind of set point. So if you get to the point where you're very jacked and you have a low body fat and you just hold it there for a while, then after a few years of holding it there and holding it there doesn't take that much effort. Uh, but once you get to the point of holding it there, you don't really need to like keep up the dieting and the lifting to the same extent, right? Like I can at this point lift like once every week or two and I will keep looking the same way that I do. And I don't have to like, I don't have to eat like three pounds of meat anymore. I don't have to go out and do all of this, uh, you know, like meal timing and meal planning and stuff like that. Stuff just sort of works. And that's the goal is at a very young age, you want to set point your body to the point where you look very good. The muscle stays there and, uh, your body doesn't want to lose the muscle because you've had it for so long. And then you just move on, right? You don't spend the rest of your life fucking lifting for three hours a day. That's insanity. I, I, I never could have done that, but I, I do understand the point. Michael, I feel like I could have gone without the fucking years of my, my like trying to be edgy drug phase. Like, cause it wasn't just being a druggie. Well, I wasn't really a druggie, but I was like doing a lot of like the standard shit that you do in college. But there's like a whole part after that where I like tried to like, I had like so many dumb ideas. Like I wanted to like, at first when I was smoking a lot of weed, I wanted to start like a, 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 a what do they call those things? The places where you, where you just a growery, growing. I was like, okay, yeah. We're, but then I was like trying to be edgy and I was like, actually we should grow, grow shrimp mushrooms and fucking, and I tried to be like a mycologist. <laughs> like a fucking psycho. <laughs> I was like in bio classes learning about mushrooms like a psycho. And then I like realized I hate weed. I still like mushrooms, but and then I hate weed and I was like, okay, we're gonna move on, but we still have to be like my body my mind was like, okay, maybe we don't do the weed thing. And we but instead we do like fucking I don't know. It's just like more and more stupid ideas in this drug phase in this drug uh edgy and then because I can never just do a normal thing. Right. I had to, it always had to be like, oh, let me put I was, I was very, yeah, we, we both have a very similarly like contrarian attitude towards a lot of this stuff. Stupid. Where, like, I'm so, we I can read about, we that. can read about any sort of normal. Th- and this was classic, right? Like, so I start lifting and I start off doing like all of the normal, like ripetoes starting strength. And eventually I'm like, wait, this is fucking dumb. Everybody does this. I want to do something totally weird and unconventional. And so like <laughs> some guy was like, oh bro, have you tried this workout routine? Were you like, uh, Oh God, this was so fucking awful. So it was, this guy made me a routine where I did five lifts every session. And yeah. the goal would be, the goal would be you start off with like a, a weight that you can do for like a 10 rep max, right? Uh, so let's say you, you're doing weighted pull-ups. So you do a weight that you can do for 10 reps. And then uh, as you, you wait like 20 seconds and then you, your goal is to try and wait long enough that you can just barely crank out another three reps. And then you do those three reps and then you wait another like 10 or 20 seconds. Then you do another three reps and then you, and you keep doing the three rep sets until you get to like 50. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Which is like, it sounds sounds fucking it. 
I it sounds horrible. It's not like it feels up. like shit. Like it, yeah. I got really, really big, really fast, but that shit fucking sucked, dude. That was so bad. And like one of the exercises that the guy had me do all the time was like one arm dumbbell rows. So then you have to do it with the other side too. And it's like, uh, so long. Dumb, yeah, dumbbell rows are just like an extremely exhausting lift for, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Like, yeah, I know. But the thing is with those is like, I feel like it's hard to, see that's it's like doing that with that, like with dumbbell rows would be hard because like, I feel like you lose the form, right? Like it's hard to keep your elbows high. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it would be, you kind of start, I mean, unless you're just fucking, you know, goaded, but I feel like I would just like lose the form, and then it's like, what the fuck is the point of me continuing? Dumbbell to do rows, I can do it. Barbell rows get a little harder. Barbell rows are the ones where it starts breaking down when we're uh, when I'm totally fucked. But dumbbell rows, I can usually kind of keep it together. Mm. But I don't know. It, it also it all kind of depends on how you support yourself. And like rows themselves are kind of a meme exercise in the sense that, uh, you know, like I I say, oh, I do barbell rows, and like. Everybody has their own conception of what a barbell row is, right? Like mm-hmm. and everything, everything from like, overhand, like bent underhand over? grip to like the hand Not position. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. To like how how bent over they are. Are you supporting oh, the barbell yeah. on your knees? Like where are you bringing it up to? There's like one billion variations of barbell rows. And that combined with the fact that everybody has like different bodily proportions, different, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like just just the uh, maybe I have a really short torso compared to you. Maybe your arms are really fucking long. Like any of these things can totally impact a lift or like the structure of our shoulder joints or like any any of these other weird things and like all of that always comes into play when you're comparing across lifts but barbell rows are like there's so many open ends in terms of how how many different variables are going on that it's sort of like you know it's it's a little little bit of a meme trying to describe it to people i don't like that exercise (laughs) i do not like uh, bent over rows uh i because i always end up stopping not because of my fucking like Bat like um like you know where it's supposed to be you know blow you up which because like my lower back just to bother me because of like the fucking position and I'm, just, and I'm just like okay this is like miserable and I'm just like and it's usually because if I'm lifting a lot if, if I'm at the point of my lifting that I'm willing to do bent over rows it's because I'm regularly lifting right and then so like you know your, your muscles for me like my my like lower back is always tight because it's like my ass like the like the glutes and hands and shit are pulling on your lower back so I'm always like spending like. 10 minutes in the shower stretching touching my toes so that i can like not be in pain and then if i'm fucking on top of that doing the uh the dumb the bent over rows it's like my back is like can you stop please we haven't this is not this is not going to work for us so i always i'm always, i always i almost always skip those unless it's like a smith machine and even still then i'm like no my back fuck this i'm starting to think that like t-bar rows are altogether a better replacement for that stuff or like uh the cable oh, rows. T-bar row? is that the thing where it's like in between your legs and yeah you like pull it up oh yeah those are I like those. T bar rows also fucking rock because every single time I pick up that T bar, it straight up cracks like eight vertebrae in my back. It's like it just goes straight down the line, and like I, I swear to God, I can feel like my entire spine getting realigned by hmm. just like picking the thing up. It feels so nice. I feel like it's because the let's just um, I kind of, there's I've seen a few different versions of this, so I don't know which which one you're using, but I feel like if you're using like the actual like barbell. And that's, you know, and you're doing like in between your legs, like because I've seen those people do it that way, and they like pull it with like the weight on one side. Um, I don't think that's called the same thing, but it's effectively the same motion. And I feel like when your hands are vert- like are vertical like that, it's a lot easier on your. I don't know. I can't. I feel like it's more ergonomic. Yeah, it definitely feels a little bit less. Uh, I don't know. 
It's more constrained also. So like you have, you know, like the path of the barbell is more fixed. So it's not mm-hmm. one of those things where you can just like bring it up to your, maybe your chest or maybe you're bringing it up to your waist or like any of these things. So mm-hmm. you have, you know, you can tell people what to do a lot more easily. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And that this is what I mean, this is something where like I've been lifting for so long that if somebody asks for like advice on like placement or like a specific thing like that, like they say, oh, like, Lucas, how do I how do I bench? Like, where do I put my elbows? Like, I could have answered that really, really specifically at uh, like 18 months into lifting. I could have been like, oh, my elbows are typically at like a 37.5 degree angle out from my (laughs) side. And I have uh, I I typically go down to this this uh, this location and they're like approximately seven inches from either of my uh oblique muscles when i'm at the bottom of the lift right like i could rattle off some shit like that and now i have no fucking clue because i've just done it so many times that like you know like i i drop the bar into a benching motion and it's just like it is it is what it is it's been repped out so many times there's like a groove to it i have like muscle memory and yeah uh, this is when you know this is this is like the the thing with uh did you ever get like a math teacher who was just like genuinely good at math and just like intuitively yeah, understood all it? college and they're yeah and they and they uh, they fucking suck ass at teaching because they, they have no idea how to just say to yeah they say like really high level concepts to you and expect that you're just going to like understand it and you're like ah and you need you need the math teacher who started as like a fucking idiot yes those are always the best ones and they're like just good at like communicating yeah I had a math professor who was like that and I found him towards the end of my school career and I was like like. I like had him for every single course if I can find him. Um, every single course he taught, I was like, I'm, I'm taking his course because he just was like actually good communicator. But like most of them, I had this Russian dude who just fucking like just would just repeat the same thing over if you asked a question because he's just like, I said it this, this is what it is. It's this. I just told you the definition. He just repeats, what do you mean? <laughs> he repeats the same instructions and he does like a right click synonym replacement with like three of the words. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. So yeah, it's just, it's like, and then I had another guy who was even worse where he would just write notes on the board because he had stage fright. He had like public public speaking fear, which I didn't realize for a long time. I was like, why does he just not, he never like, why does he just write everything word for word on the board? But then that's what you do. You just copy it down all class. And I realized because he has fucking stage fright. He's, and I noticed he like stares at the, um, the clock. How do you bathroom. get hired as a teaching professor with uh, I, I think his, stage fright? His fucking, I guess his like research on like topology was good or something. Oh yeah, he would like That's, stare at the clock I, I guess in the back of the room. Yeah, if you're good enough at your research, they're probably just gonna let you in. Yeah, and but every single course, I, t- I took two courses with him. I got f- destroyed. Or I took one course with him, and I and I never, I've never done worse in a math class. I just was like, I don't. This guy is trash. I can't deal with it. But and it doesn't matter. Surprisingly, you can learn the same exact material from two different people and just not get like just not get it from one of them. Sometimes you got that's it's not it has not it's not always about just you know reading it or whatever. Or yeah. being intelligent enough. Like, it really does matter who's teaching it to you. When he gets older, he won't sound like this anymore, right? 